Ah, yes. <clears throat> Good morning. What a wonderful, wonderful day to worship the Lord. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of excited about <clears throat> today because uh, uh, it is such a special day in the history of our church and our congregation. We'll get into that in just a moment. There's ushers today <clears throat> that have in their hands uh, envelopes. These are the Heart for the Hearts offering envelopes. Now, just to, just to clarify that, if I could, uh, <clears throat> though it's not for your tithe. Uh, your tithe, you, you would handle the normal way as, as you give electronically or whether you would uh, use the giving boxes in the back. But in front of me is a, a giving box that <clears throat> is reserved for our Heart for the House offering. And um, so if you didn't bring your, uh, 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 your offering envelope, you, you, you can use this one and fill that out. Listen, if you're giving electronically uh, on the app, there is a place where you can mark it as such. Um, and so you can give that way, obviously, but uh, so that you're a part today, if you're giving electronically, you could just kind of mark on there what you're giving and the fact that it is electronically, and um, <clears throat> that way you can participate and be a part of what we're doing here today. <clears throat> this is a day that we've planned for, and uh, if you remember, we, we kind of spelled that out. We're, we, we're praying over this. We've planned over this. We've talked about it in our families. Today's the final day, the day we get to actually participate and give. So I'm, hope, I'm glad that, that you're uh, a part of that. That's, that's, uh, that's important. That's all right. That, that, that'll take care of itself, I'm sure. Just a couple of announcements before I get into this this morning. Um, this is coming up. The, the, the holiday season, the Easter holiday season. Next Sunday, who knows what next Sunday is? Palm it's Palm Sunday. And then, then the following, that Friday is what? It's Good Friday. And then, of course, we'll be gathering in the amphitheater on Friday evening. Really looking forward to that. That's our, our worship night and the night we celebrate with communion. Just a, just a wonderful gathering that you can bring friends and family members out to. It's going to be something special. And then the following Sunday, of course, is Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, the day that we so get excited about and celebrate again, opportunity for you to bring uh, people with you to the house of God and uh, fill the house with, with worshipers. I uh, want you to know also that this Saturday, there are several outreach um, events that are happening here at the church. There's one at 11, there's one at uh, 2 o'clock, one at 11, one at 2 o'clock. And, um, and so if you'd like to be a part of that, reaching out into our community, reaching out into our neighborhood, uh, be, be, feel free. Be with us either at the 11 o'clock or the uh, 2 o'clock time frame, and uh, we'll reach into our community. What, what do you say we win some people to Jesus this, this particular season? Amen. So um, uh, let's, we're going to get in the Word this morning uh, as we prepare for the big give offering. And because um, uh, 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 today is such a special day. You know, it's special for a lot of reasons, but when you look back, we've just finished our Bible conference, the Perceive It Bible Conference. And of course, in that, as a part of that, it was like the vision casting. What we see in the year 2022, what, what is our part in God's plan at this, in this season? So as a body, I know that uh, our hearts are, are, were opened to perceive what God wanted to do, and I don't think I'm exaggerating even one bit when I would say today that our hearts are full, that, that, that we know we've received prophetic word from God. We know that God spoke to us, laid out what he designs for us. We had a, a divine purpose that's been given to us by the Almighty himself, and today we come together with a genuine heart for the house. And I think the reason it's a heart for the house is because it's our house. Amen. It's the house where God meets with us. And so all of us have the opportunity to do our part to fund the vision that God has given us and make it a reality. Take it out of just the vision stages and begin to put it into the absolute, the practice of making that a reality. And so this day, each one of us as members, we... Uh, embrace our responsibility 
each fitting into this plan, this, this, this huge plan, much like a, a jigsaw puzzle would, if you will, where you know there's a big picture that, that is on the box that you see and you lay out all those parts, but if there's a part or two missing, well, you can't see the whole picture and that's just like us today, each one of us a piece in the jigsaw puzzle, the, the God's massive redemptive plan. And so today we call this a heart for the house offering. It's a biblical tradition. And that tradition goes all the way back into the Old Testament where people came together to sacrificially give to build the temple. And uh, David, of course, if you know uh, this particular portion of Scripture, David, King David, had a heart for the house. He wanted to build the temple, but God said, no, no, there needs to be first some preparation put into to place. And so we know that um, David stood up, First Chronicles 29 and 1, it says, and then King David turned to the assembly and he said, my son Solomon, whom God has clearly chosen to be the next king of Israel, is still young and inexperienced in the work Ahead of him is enormous, for the temple he will build is not for mere mortals, it's for God himself. And so literally what, what, what uh, David was saying is that this temple is for the presence of God for us. And so David went on to say in verse number 3 of the 29th chapter there of 1 Chronicles, he said, and now because of my, King David's devotion to the temple of my God, I'm giving all of my own private uh, treasures and gold and silver to help in the construction. This is indeed, this is in addition to the building materials I've already collected for his holy temple. And then in verse number six, he says, and so all the family leaders and the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals, the captains of the army, the king's administrative officers, they all gave, and notice the word, they all gave willingly. And for the construction of the temple of God, they gave about 188 tons of gold, 10,000 gold coins, 375 tons of silver. Talk about a big give offering. Here it is. Amen. And it was all for the building of the temple. In other words, David started the process and then leaders and, and, and all the people began to willingly come to give towards the construction of the temple. And then verse number 9 says, and so the people rejoiced. There was joy in the house over the offerings, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And King David was filled with joy. What a wonderful picture of the heart for the house offering. But what I really enjoy out of this portion of, of, of Scripture is found in verse 13. It's David's take on giving. So he says, Oh God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything that we have has come from you, and we only give you what you first gave to us. And so his heart was an understanding that, yes, Yes, we're giving all of this for the construction of the temple, for God's house, our heart for the house. But the truth of the matter is, Lord, you've already given it to us. You're the one that blessed us with everything. We won't forget you in that process. So this kind of liberality when you're dealing with God's house was kind of commonplace throughout all of Scripture in, there in the Bible. Time and time again, God's people came together and willingly sacrificed, uh, giving to the house of God. And so maybe you remember the time where Moses, right at the beginning of the exodus of the children of Israel, goes up onto Mount Sinai, and there he's going to receive the Ten Commandments. He's gonna, God takes this tablet, and, and God's written with his very finger uh, the Ten Commandments. And so God then tells him, this is how we're going to proceed with this. And so the first thing he says to do, take those commandments down. And he said, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Exodus 25, speak to the children of Israel that they may bring me, God, an offering and from everyone who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall 
take my offering. And then verse 8, he says, and let them make me a sanctuary that I might dwell therein. And so literally, Moses comes down with the Ten Commandments and the, uh, and the direction from God to receive an offering that everyone that willingly wanted to give to the house of God, that they would come and they would take that and build a sanctuary, a, a tabernacle at that time so that God's presence could dwell with them. Now, this is not just biblical. We've uh, incorporated that into our church, and it goes back as far as 2003. And uh, that, that wasn't the beginning of our ministry. There were 17 years prior to that. And in those 17 years, we gave ourselves to uh, discipleship, evangelism, church planting. We, we, from 1985 until that 2003 time period, we worked hard and we, we, we started in a little storefront and then to a church building and then finally moving to this building here. But uh, that, that time was wonderful. It gave us flexibility to grow as a church, and then God began to lay upon my heart the need that we had for our own house, a house where God would be for us. And so we incorporated the original Heart for the House offering, and we called it at that time, some of you would remember it, the six-year plan. We didn't call it a Heart for the House six-year plan. And literally, it was a seven-year plan. Because what happened is God laid this on my heart 2002 that we, it was time for us to have a house, a home, a permanent home for the ministry that God had entrusted to us and the churches that we had planted. And so uh, I personally, Bonnie and I, began to set aside resources and finances because before I would call the church to give, I would never ask the church to do something that we had already not started and began. And so then at the end of one year, we'd raise some money, and then we announced it that the six-year plan was going to be us, basically a heart for the house. And together, our church, back in 2003 through the next six years, gave $600,000 for the down payment on the building that you're sitting in because they had a heart for the house, amen. And I, you know, I, I, I still picture, I still picture the people that came, just like we have an offering box here today, it was different at that time, but I still picture people beginning in those six years to bring in their offering, their heart for the house annually to, 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 for the king. And you, you know, some of those people have, have, have passed on. They're in heaven today. Some of those people moved. They're no longer in our location. But I can tell you right now that each one of them were a part in God's gigantic plan of redemption. And we remember them today and thank God that we're a part of the blessing because of their giving at that time in our history. And so today I want to minister as we continue in on our pursuit of the calling of God, and um, uh, because I really believe, and I, I, I am, I'm confident that you as well believe that, that, that we have a divine mission, that God has prophetically spoken to us of what he wants us to do, and like a, a giant jigsaw puzzle, it's never complete without all of the different pieces. As we say, you're important in God's plan. You and I have to see it, perceive it, and then react to it. There's always an action from God's people, as Pastor Adam would have said. So today I want to minister out of Jeremiah, first chapter. And um, there um, I want to talk to you about a heart for the house. The first thing I see there in Jeremiah at the beginning is that Je you, uh, Jeremiah was called of God. And so we could say this morning that you, and hopefully you would be able to acknowledge that I have been called by God. Jeremiah 1, verse number 4, the Bible says that the Lord gave me, Jeremiah, this message. I, God says, I knew you, Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were even born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. This is the calling of a man of God. Now, the fact 
that we this morning are called just like that could be more, one of the most misunderstood concepts in all of the Bible because there are some within our church, I'm sure even here this morning, that feel like, well, you know, I'm kind of an insignificant part of the body in Christ when in reality there is no such thing as an insignificant part of the body of Christ. Amen. Every believer has been called by God and given gifts to make the body complete. And like that jigsaw puzzle we're talking about, if that part is not operating, you can't see clearly everything that God has called us to do. It's not just the pastor. It's not just the worship leader. It's just not the leaders of the church that are important, but it's every one of us that are here today that are important in the plan of God. And of course, if you're joining us online this morning, that's also the case. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul sees this and he writes, he says, look, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities that the Spirit has given us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. This was so important to the Apostle Paul. Actually, in the uh, New King James Version, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant of this. It's very important. And he goes on to say, there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. And then in verse number 18, he says, but God has set the members, each one of the body, just as it pleased him. So literally, what God is saying is, I've called each of you, I've chosen each of you to fulfill a part, so I have given you a spiritual gift so that we could come together in a beautiful picture of what God is doing in Orange County through each of us. Amen. Now, that means that you've been placed by God in this body for an important function. You may not recognize that yet or see that, but that is the case. You may even feel unqualified for that and feel unprepared. But I can tell you, you've been called into Christian service. And that is the greatest privilege that anybody could ever have, is that God thought enough of you to call you into his service. Amen. You are important in God's plan. So, we may think, as we hear Jeremiah's calling, that somehow he felt prepared and ready and, and, you know, he's going to be the next great prophet, all excited about that. But somehow, inside of him, he felt, he, just like we would, that he was up, not up to the job, not qualified to do it. And so what went through the mind of Jeremiah is recorded in verse number 6, where he responds to God's calling and he says... I can't, uh, uh, oh, sovereign Lord, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. And so what we see, that, that he feel, felt like he was unable to respond to God, but God responds to him in verse number 7 and 8, and he says, don't say, uh, Jeremiah, that I'm too young, for you must go, you must go wherever I send you and you must say whatever I tell you and don't be afraid of the people for I will be with you. I will protect you. I, the Lord your God, have spoken. And so we know that Jeremiah has is, 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 is a unique calling that's given to him right now, an important calling for his generation. But if you look at the big picture in the Bible, Jeremiah was only a small part in the massive plan of redemption for all of humanity. And just like all of the other Bible characters, they all had just a small part in the plan of God. And likewise, that passes down to you and I, from the book of Acts to you and I today. We are also called as a small part in God's massive redemptive plan. We're like a piece in a jigsaw puzzle. Without you, it is incomplete. <clears throat> We've been called as an important part in this generation. One of my favorite scriptures I, I refer to so many times is in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 9. 
where it says God has saved us. How many of you here today have been saved by the marvelous grace of God? God has saved us, and then he's called us with a holy calling. And that calling is not according to our works, but it's according to God's own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Now, I'm not sure if you can really grab that, but the calling is sure. The, the purpose of it is not ours, it's his. And it was given to us before we were even conceived. So Jesus has given you a big part in the picture of God's redemptive plan for mankind. And that plan has unfolded over thousands of years and not, not one Bible character is insignificant. It remains the same for you and I today. It reminds me of Esther, a little Jewish girl in captivity. No, no real future in front of her. But somehow, in God's redemptive plan, he picks this little girl and places her in uh, the king's harem. Uh, and through circumstances, she's uh, called to be the queen. It's an unbelievable story. But what we see there is that God says to her, it's for a time just like this that you have been called. In other words, she might have been a nobody before, but not in God's plan. She was important. We see it in Luke chapter 8 where Jesus is ministering and, and, and his ministry in full swing. And then the Bible records these words of women who were delivered and healed through Jesus' ministry. The Bible says these women provided, they provided for Jesus of their substance. And so here are women that really don't even have a name. We don't know who they are, but in God's redemptive plan, they walk with Jesus providing for him for the needs of his ministry. Each of us has a part to play. The title is not important. The fact that we may be recognized in that is maybe not important. But I can tell you from Scripture that without you, God's redemptive plan is incomplete. A piece of the big picture will be missing. At the conference, God began to prophetically speak to us, and we began to unveil, uh, and even before the conference, some of the things that God has laid on our hearts for the house to accomplish this year. Uh, I believe there are people here this morning that have a heart for a generation that's developing. Right? While I speak, there are people teaching at different locations, helping young people develop a godly character and putting into them the understanding of the Word of God, which they get, if they don't get it in the house, they get it no place else. What could be more significant than being a part of ministry that makes an investment in the generations that are going to precede us? And so this year, God has laid on our heart that we're going to release resources to transform our e-kids facility right behind us into a mini elevate. Amen. <clears throat> Inside of that, it's going to be repainted on the outside so it has a little different look. And inside, it's going to have a stage. It's going to have sound. It's going to have lighting just like we have right here in our platform today. And the reason we're doing that is we're providing a, a training for a generation of worship leaders uh, and musicians and ministers of the gospel, shaping their character and teaching them what God says within his word. We're going to also make an outdoor grass area back there with, with equipment in it, uh, a playground equipment in it. We're going to do that so that cover it so that it's shaded in the summertime so that young kids can learn to bring their friends and, and experience evangelism, realizing that I can reach out and bring people to a safe place uh, where they can learn about the Lord. Others may feel a, a little different gifting in your life to reach out to people beyond our in-service uh, uh, so, uh, our, our, our services right here in the, in the house of God. It's, we have an online presence that's growing. 
We've made such strides in this area ever since the pandemic hit. It was kind of like the silver lining that was a part of that because we have taken advantage of society's changing habits of how they do church or how they receive information, and we've seen tremendous growth on our online campus. It's really grown. We've seen people that, that are joining us today from multiple states all over the, uh, the nation. We, we have people from other nations that, that key off of us and watch our services. And, and we're developing and training members to be a part of that team that want to reach a people that are not physically with us here today. I thought it was extremely interesting that in, uh, on the first night of our Bible conference, Mike Maiden began to prophesy. And he prophesied, firstly, if you remember, over Pastor Adam and Carrie. And as he did that, he wanted, at least part of what he said is God's going to expand the reach of, of your ministry through media. What a, what a powerful thought, something that we've already begun to uh, expand upon, but God says this is going to be key. And, and then he began to prophesy, he prophesied over Bryn, he prophesied over Drew, and he prophesied over uh, Luke, and, and, and he began to speak similar to that, saying, you know, because of media, God's going to take you and what you're trying to accomplish here at Elevate Ministries and take a sound that goes uh, into uh, many different ministries. What, what a tremendous thing and so we've already had started that because the new album came out that same day and if you've not yet listened to the EMSC album I challenge you to do it and, and, and uh, you hear tremendous reports I challenge listen to Maverick City listen to Eleva Elevation Worship listen to uh, Hillsong Worship I'm telling you right now, what we've produced is as good or better than anything that's being produced anywhere, any place. And what's interesting is we've done that with what we've had. We, 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 we recorded it in the offices across the street and mastered it in Luke's bedroom, if you can imagine that, with what we have. It didn't cost us a nickel, not a nickel to do that because uh, we, we, we put together what we had, tried to make it work, and God uh, uh, blessed us with what, he is, what we have. But let me just tell you something. To grow it and move on, we've got to improve equipment. Our cameras are 20 years old. What, what has technology done in the last 20 years? The computer that makes it all happen, works it, 20 years old. Or maybe it's not 20 years old, but it, it, it's old. And, and once again, we have got to do something about that. We've got to grab the prophecy that came out of that conference, and we've got to say, yep, we're all in. We're going to use media to extend the reach of our ministry. Amen. We're now training people to be a part of that. It's such an exciting part. Maybe there's others here today that have a different feel, different gifting in their life. Maybe it's for missions, a heart for missions. We already experienced that here at conference where, where we added Destiny Rec Rescue to our regular giving to be a part of that mission. And, and, and what's interesting is we made the decision right here at conference in the middle of that expensive week that we were going to take and we were going to, from each, uh, from the total of the campuses, we're going to, because of three campuses, we're going to give and rescue one child from each campus. And so we wrote a check, $1,500 for each campus, $4,500 check to Destiny Rescue so that we could be a part and start to enter into that process. You know, what's interesting is how do we know that it was God that led us to do that? Well, it's interesting that as Corey Nichols was explaining in this interview here on the platform, he's saying, well, the ministry started several, many years ago now, 15 years or so, 13 years ago, and it started in this like little town he was talking about Indiana. He described it as one stoplight or one, 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 one red light in the whole of the community. And uh, we know that in that community where that started 13 years ago was uh, a young pregnant girl, teenager, that needed help. And, and it reached out to that fledging ministry. And um, that young girl was sitting here in our church service when that was being done. What's the chances of that? 
And so Chelsea, she, uh, 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 it's Chelsea, this is who that is, Jesse's wife, Chelsea. And she had with her the chi- her, her child, her, her teenage child, who's now named Destiny. Isn't that amazing? And so Destiny, I know you're here. Would you just, Chelsea, is Destiny? Oh, she's teaching kids. Isn't that something? She's teaching now. But Chelsea here this morning from that and Destiny, uh, her child's name is. Is that amazing? Is that unbelievable? Let me just tell you, only God can do that. Amen. So, you know, but we're going to go beyond in missions just sending resources and finances to help different ministries, we're also going to send mission team. And so this year from our congregation, we're sending a a team of 25 or so that are going to Ghana, Africa. We're sending a team to uh, Monterey, Mexico. And these are teams that are going not just to help them, although these are ministries that key off of us and want to be a part They are Elevate Ministries and want to be a part of everything that we do. Obviously, they need guest speakers to come, and so we're going to provide that and outreach and evangelism to help them. But on top of that is for our people to get their feet wet on the mission field, that they're involved, they're they're boots on the ground, if you will. And who knows that God is not calling missionary from right here that will get inspired on one of these trips and decide to go into the mission field with their lives. And so no matter what your part is, no matter what it's missions or online service, children's ministry that we've talked about so far, each of us have a significant part to play. We are called, amen. Doesn't matter what it is, you're called. And everyone, the second thing I wanna look at today is that everyone that God calls, he also empowers. Now. God's calling in Jeremiah's life was unique. It was unique uh, because he was to speak an unpopular message of judgment to a generation of people that did not want to hear it. Does that sound a little bit like what's happening in our society today? And so Jeremiah's calling was unique, but let me just tell you something. Your calling is also unique. God calls us to different parts of the body of Christ. Jeremiah was to be this spokesman for God. It was his purpose in this giant plan of God that goes through the generations. And Jeremiah had to decide, felt young, felt insignificant, felt unable. He had to make a decision, will I obey God or not? And so God speaks to Jeremiah to give him assurance in verse number 8. And he says, don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you, and I will protect you. I, the Lord your God, have spoken. And so you notice God called Jeremiah, and then he promises him that that he's going to empower him to be able to perform what God had called him to do. He would protect him. He would anoint him. He would use him, because whenever God calls, he empowers, and then he uh, provides. In verse number 9, then the Lord reached out and he touched my mouth and he said, Jeremiah, look, I've put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you're going to uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you're going to build up and plant. And so here God speaks to Jeremiah. I'm not only promising you, he touches his mouth and he said, look, I'm going to put the words in your mouth. I'm going to provide everything that you need to do what I, the Lord your God, have called you. And it's the same for us today. I'm looking for an amen there. Each of us have been called to a part, a unique part, in the redemptive plan of God And it may not be in Jerusalem, but it is here in Orange County. Amen. And you don't need me to tell you we live in a tumultuous time and a time when the gospel message may not want to be heard, but it's got to be heard because we're the hope of the world. We're the pillar and the ground of truth. You and I are the ones that have been called by God to do that. And so it's up to you and I, just like Jeremiah, we may not feel qualified, but will we step up to the plate and say, I'm going to do, God, what you want me to do? To do. You know, 
the vision uh, here that we have for 2022 has been spelled out of conference. I can just tell you this, it's an aggressive vision. And I hear you say amen to that. But we believe that where God calls, he also provides. And so God has always helped us with what he's laid on our hearts. I, I remember when Bonnie and I came and moved here to Southern California to pioneer the church. We had nobody in the church and we needed a building. And so we had to step out and believe God to rent a facility, uh, put everything in it that's required to to have church and rent a home here uh, with, with, with really no left income other than the sale of my businesses and the like from where I, where I had come from. And, and God provided us a place. We were able to do it. It was amazing. And we grew there. And when we moved out of that facility, we didn't have, again, enough resources because the people in our church basically had come from the streets. They didn't have resource or finance or at least much of it and certainly didn't have much vision. But God made a way, and he provided us for free a, a building in Anaheim, a church building. If you remember, that was just an amazing thing. And then, of course, the move here to Orange County and, and the six-year plan and everything that was involved in that because God has always provided. He called us, and so he's provided for us. And so one of the largest investments in the vision that we have this year in 2022 will be the expansion of our church staff. We have been hard at work laboring to develop an intentional growth strategy plan that we have called eConnect. Maybe you'd say that with me this morning, eConnect. eConnect is, is a comprehensive plan that encapsulates a complete process to connect people to other people so they don't feel like a visitor forever. And, and connect people to the purpose that God has for them, helping to explain what I'm preaching here this morning and, 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 and inserting them into active service, kingdom service here in the house of God. So this plan is not just, uh, uh, just singular. It's, a, it's, it's an all-encompassing plan. And so I, wanna, I just want to introduce it to you this morning by showing you part uh, the introductory part of it, of an online course that we've developed that's a part of this. Maybe you'd show that video for us now. Let me take a moment and welcome you to Elevate Ministries. I'm so excited that you are considering making our church your home. Elevate Connect is a three-step process to connect you to the community here at our church. The entire process is something that you can do conveniently online and at your own pace, but our goal is to help you jump into community and get involved as soon as possible. Now, step one is a six-part video series that I think will help fill in some of the blanks and answer a few of the questions you may have about our story, our mission, our vision, or our culture. There are many unique distinctives in the makeup of our church, and we definitely want you to be aware of all of them. We trust that you'll enjoy this part of the process. Now, step two is an insightful two-part assessment. This consists of a spiritual gift evaluation and a personal assessment to help us better get to know you. Our desire is to help you get out what's in your heart, and in order to do that, we have to learn a little bit about you and your passions and maybe uncover some of the hidden giftings that you might have. I actually think that you will find step two to be both fun and an intuitive part of the journey that will be insightful for us all. Now in step three, we'll schedule a time for a one-on-one -on -one personal appointment where a member of our team will personally connect with you. We'll share the results of each assessment with you, we'll pray with you, and welcome you to our Elevate Ministries family. Now step one and two should take less than an hour each, so get started right away. Now, before we get to know about you, let me share a little bit more about us. Get started now by watching video one, which is all about our story and the history of our church. Yes, amen. That's, that, that's just an introduction. When people would, 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 would come in, give their hearts to Christ, that's kind of an introduction for them. But then that whole online process, but it's just not that online process, then they're the, the need really is for additional staff 
because now we've got to have somebody that is actively working and monitoring what's going on, bringing people in, connecting them to other people, and actually getting them involved and trained and ready to go forward. So many of you recognize, we have announced it a little bit earlier, that beginning in July, we, uh, uh, April Campos has agreed to come on our staff. And I can tell you, I can tell you, I know you're excited about that because you love her, amen. But I can tell you that we perceive, as everything that we've gone through, we perceive the hand of God in this. And the reason is, is when we were dreaming of this, in this, how do we take this next step in our ministry of simulation process and helping people get out what's in their heart. We, uh, at the same time, April was going through certain things on her, and she's an, uh, a, a teacher, going through certain things on her job where she was uh, considering possibly moving. And we had no way of thinking, how could this work together? But April, we had conversation over a period of months, and April made the decision that she was going to make a sacrifice that's required to come on staff of our church and, and to head this process. Would you give April a hand? I'm so excited and honored, honestly, to be standing here in front of you. And when all of this was happening, as this was, um, as you're praying through it, one day I was here at church and I saw uh, this picture of our sanctuary, just, I mean, literally this sanctuary, and I saw trees popping up all over the place, plants and shrubs and all of this, and I was like, oh, that's so exciting, you know, bearing fruit, we're getting closer to God, right, people, seeing people growing in their relationship with the Lord. And then the next thing that he showed me was he showed me the root system. And the roots were, I mean, some thick roots. There were some little ones too, but there were some thick roots that were all spread out throughout this, this whole entire thing. And I thought, that's the connection piece, right? First, it's God, but then it's how important is it for us to connect with each other and grow with each other in our house? Um, I've been here a long time. This is a wonderful church. If you don't know it already, you need to know it because this is a place where people love people. We love each other. We want the best. And this verse came to mind, which was Psalm 1-3, based on that um, picture that I saw of our church. It says, they are like trees planted along the riverbank. And that's every single one of us. That's you, right? I'm speaking to each one of us. Bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. And that's what our church is about is seeing each one, the one, but coming together collectively, individually, and seeing you grow and prosper in the Lord. That is the heart behind this ministry and definitely my heart, the heart of our pastors, the heart of the staff, and I could not be more thrilled to be coming and joining uh, the staff here. I'm so excited about it. So um, thank you. Oh, yes. We're, 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 we're excited. It doesn't happen until like mid-July or something like that. But, but um, already um, what, computer programs, all the different things that are necessary, April's already beginning to work into that, work through the process. So she's been already active, although she's not a part of the staff yet, just be, she's always been a volunteer, always been her heart. And so now, man, we're just so, so excited about that. But uh, that, there's no other way that to go beyond this. We, we, we look at this, whenever you're dealing with hiring staff and all the other things that we want to do, we, we realize that that's beyond our natural ability. This is aggressive. <laughs> this is expensive. Amen. But it's also necessary if we're going to perceive what God has and then begin to do something about what we perceive. And so the question may very well come up, well, how are we going to do that? And what I would see is that you remember the story of Moses uh, as he was called around the burning bush. And at that time, uh, uh, Moses began to question that calling, like, you know, who's, nobody's going to listen to me. How's that going to happen? How could I possibly deliver a whole nation? But God spoke to him in his inadequacy. God spoke to him as he felt unqualified. But he, he began to speak to him in Exodus 4.2. He simply asked Moses a question. He says, what 
is that in your hand? And so we know it was a rod, just a, a stick. It's just a piece of wood that was in his hand that, that he used to, uh, uh, in his shepherding uh, career. That's what he, what he had. That's what, what was there. And, and uh, the, so the, the what is in your hand today uh, is something that God has already given to us. And so we realize it's the same for us today. What's in our hand? Well, we have to utilize what God has already given us. That's what we believe, isn't it? Small steps of faith so we can get out what God's called us to do. And so God has placed resources in our hand for use in the kingdom. And this requires that you and I, at this part, that we would stand up and say, we're going to step out in faith and do what God says, just like Jeremiah had to make that decision. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, I think it's critical that we understand this verse. Verse number 18 says, But you shall remember, speaking to God's people, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is God who gives you power to get or obtain wealth. And so we recognize today, you're saved, you recognize God elevates us, doesn't he? He he helps us. He blesses us. And, and then he says, the reason that I'm doing that in that end of that scripture, he says, the reason God's given you wealth is so that you can establish the covenant which he swore to the fathers as it is to this day. And so you and I recognize the reason God has elevated us, the reason God has increased our abilities and our resources and our not so we can just just so that we can have a bigger house, not just so we can have a bigger car or that we can eat out more often or whatever. He's also blessed us so that we can establish the covenant of God here in Orange County. It's our calling. Amen. And so this is how we'll see the promises of God come to pass. Each of us, stepping out with a liberal heart to see the kingdom of God. See, it wasn't just an Old Testament. So far, we've looked at the Old Testament. But it's also the New Testament story. In Acts chapter 2, in verse 44, it says that all the believers met together in one place, the house, the house of God. And they shared everything they had. They sold properties and possessions, and they shared the money. In Acts chapter 4 and verse number 32, it says, And all the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt what they owned was not their own, so they began to share everything they had. And so this is what we get to be a part of. It's not just Old Testament, not just the New Testament, but it's here, Book of Acts, and now carrying over to us today that you and I can make a, a significant offering with what's in our hand. And so th th that, that is uh, what God's called us to do. Proverbs 11 says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. This is the word of the Lord. It's how we have progressed or elevated, and God's going to continue to do that same thing to this today. Let me close before we come together in giving with this just final thought of perceiving the purpose of your calling. We have to perceive that. Now, after God called Jeremiah, he asked him, a very important question. That question was in verse number 11. It says, Then the Lord said to me, Look, Jeremiah, what, uh, what, do you, what do you see? And Jeremiah replied, I see a branch of an almond tree. Now, it's interesting that in the Hebrew language, almond tree is really hasty tree, hasty, quick. The reason was it was the first uh, tree to come out of winter season and begin to bud and then bear forth fruit. It, it was very fruitful. And so Jeremiah responds, I see this hasty tree. And the Lord says in verse number 12, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. And so Jeremiah was called, he was empowered, he was asked, what do you see? And he could see that God wanted to pour out 
fruitfulness. I ask you this morning, what do you see from our conference? I'll tell you what I see. I see fruitfulness. Amen. I see salvations, people coming that are lost into the house of God, bowing their knee and giving their hearts to Christ. I see people that are bound by drugs and alcohol being set free at the altars of our church. I see healings uh, that God would bring, families uh, that are being restored. I see growth uh, in the house of God. I see converts that come in uh, quickly becoming part of the ministry of the body of Christ and involving themselves in the house of God. I see the fulfillment of the prophetic utterances that we heard at this Bible conference. Uh, and I know one thing, I am a part of what God's doing here in this place, and so are you. Let me just say this. God will watch over his word to perform it. Do you believe that today? Quickly, he will do that. And all of us just have to take our place. That's all it requires. All of us saying yes to God. I'll take my unique calling, my unique gifting that you have given to me, Lord, and I will be a part of everything that you're doing. And so today, we have an opportunity to give to the heart of the house for our house. Now, you'll notice that I, we have standing some of the most beautiful people in our church all against that wall over there. Maybe you'd give them a standing ovation today. <laughs> because these are special people. You'll, you'll notice standing with our, with our children there, um, some of the teachers, at least the teachers that are on today, many others are involved in that. But these young people, that's right, they can come, they can come stand right up here in the front if they would. Because they have been taught, just like we're saying, we've shown them uh, how they can be a part of giving, how they can learn. Hopefully that's been taught in the homes as well. And they are bringing with them their little heart for the house offerings. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Oh. Isn't that beautiful? Wait, don't, don't stop her. <laughs> Julie, great job. Kids, you can put your offering baskets right here, what you have set aside. Put them right here on the altar. That's right. Just place them there. What a blessing. I want you kids to know, just look at me for just a second, young folks. You are an inspiration to us because as you learn to give, God will bless you back in your life. Your folks know that. They're part of that. And what a blessing that is. We're going to let you go back to be with your folks. Isn't that wonderful? We have God to praise for that. Hallelujah. Now, look at that change. That a boy. Wonderful job. Now, um, just like David, as he stood in front of the people, he was... In, he was saying, look, I have already set aside resources for the things of God, for the house of God to be blessed. And so Bonnie and I have done that from the very beginning. And our heart for the house offering, uh, our, our six-year plan, rather, that really was a seven-year plan. Honey, would you come and stand with me here? 